0: podcast i'm justine and i'm ashley this is our podcast we're watching romantic comedies in chronological order and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and sometimes we sing i'm not gonna sing today i'm sorry ashley's a little froggy today i'm so sorry for my audio discrepancies (laughs) on this chilly october morning yep (laughs) it's it's that fall feeling the fall california feeling of 70 degrees So cold. (laughs) Bring blankets.
1: Send help. (laughs) Mail us some cocoa (laughs) and water. We need it. Yeah. (laughs) So today, today we're not talking about water. (laughs) Well, we are talking about water, but we're also talking about and watching 1996's Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Have you seen this? Yes. You've seen Jerry Maguire? A long time ago. In '96 uh probably more like 2001 but yes i have seen jerry mcguire it was like when it was syndicated all i remember is cuba gooding jr shouting show me the money a lot man i was gonna be like this is 10 years ago and then i went nope 20 (laughs) years ago (laughs) because if this was 10 years ago i would be a lot younger (laughs) i would make you feel far more like older
0: yeah well, I already just did feel old because I was like, oh, only 10 years. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember the hype when this came out. Oh, yeah. So he's like Tom Cruise action star. But in the 80s, he was also like romance. Heartthrob. Yeah, heartthrob. Yeah. Tom Cruise, get a guy who can do both. Get a guy who can jump on a couch for Oprah. <laughs> That's my
1: that's my memory of Tom Cruise that I, that I always go to is just him jumping on a couch. Yeah. This is when he was, like,
0: making good movies. I don't know. I haven't seen any I of them. I feel like this is before he was making poor life choices. So... This is, like, Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, everybody wanted to work with him because he wasn't crazy yet. Right. Yeah. Pre-crazy. Pre-crazy. <laughs> PC... Free aliens dispersing from his body. <laughs>
0: Please tell me what this movie's about, Ashley. Well, we're watching this movie off of DVD.com, a Netflix company. <laughs> Not our sponsor. <laughs> Not our sponsor. You're our sponsor. You're our only sponsor, patrons. Yep. <laughs> patrons of Patreon. The planet Patreon. <laughs> the aliens come from.
1: Oh, that's where that's where Tom Cruise's little, what are they called,
0: zeniths or zints? I don't, dude, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about the crazy. I just know it's, cr- I see crazy and I'm like, okay, going over here now. Oh
1: my God, did I show you the picture that we found the Scientology building in Edinburgh <laughs> when we were in Scotland?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny little hole in the wall that just says the Church of Scientology. <laughs> it sounds very different than the one in Hollywood. I know.
1: So, anyway, the description has nothing to do with Scientology, even if Tom Cruise stars in this movie. <laughs> After years of successfully navigating the shark-infested waters of sports management, Jerry Maguire experiences a crisis of conscience and leaves his high-powered job behind
0: with only one loyal football client and a starry-eyed co-worker in tow. Was his um, crisis of conscience Scientology? Maybe. It should have been. Is this all a metaphor for Scientology? (laughs) I don't know. I'd have to, I need to watch it with that in mind. I think that that's your mission (laughs) if you choose to accept it.
1: I do. Challenge accepted. Uh, This movie stars, as mentioned, Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Renee Zellweger, who we previously had a. Tiny, tiny glimpse of in reality bites.
0: Yeah, blink and you miss her. We yep. had to be like, "Was that, was that Renee Zellweger?" And we brought out the binoculars. Yep.
1: <laughs> is that <what> Renee? <laughs> this was directed by Cameron Crow, who we recently uh, saw another one of his pitches called "Say Anything," right? Starring John Cusack. Cusack. Bring out the Cusack PhD over here. <laughs> Uh it's rated R for language and sexuality, so we're going to see sex. <gasps> <laughs> I had nothing to add. After that. Justine is down. <laughs> That's what that means. No! It's 2 hours and 19 minutes uh, and it's rated 3.5 stars on dvd.com.
0: It's 2 hours and 19 minutes but it's not a musical. I don't know how
1: this works. I don't know why it's this long, and I don't remember it being
0: this long. It's not a Bollywood film, and it's not a musical. Yes. Yeah. It's Tom Cruise. He's like, you can't cut any of my scenes. <laughs> is it? Otherwise, the aliens will attack. This is pre-Titanic, too. After yeah. Titanic, they were like, oh, we can make movies longer now. Do you remember that? Yeah. So this movie won quite
1: a bit of awards. Um, recognition recognition It had quite a bit of recognition uh, at the 1997 golden globe awards it won best actor in a motion picture musical or comedy for tom cruise it was nominated for best motion picture musical or comedy and it was nominated for best supporting actor in a motion picture musical or comedy at the 1997 academy awards it won best supporting actor cuba gooding jr It was nominated for Best Actor, Tom Cruise. He did not win. The aliens took over and we all died. (laughs) It was a Best Picture nominee. It was nominated for Best Writing Original Screenplay and one of our first ones
0: nominated for Best Film Editing.
1: Mm. I think we've
0: only had two now. We've had a few. So I think knowing that this is a Cameron Crowe film with knowing how... Say Anything was really, like, the guy's... It's a guy's romantic comedy. Guy's perspective. I feel this is very similar, especially as Renee Zellweger is described as a starry-eyed co-worker. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I don't know how I feel. I know I have definitely been avoiding watching this film for 20 years. Like, actively avoiding watching this film for 20 years. It's me. (laughs) I've actually... I've actively avoided tom cruise
1: for almost as long this was just on cable and that's why i watched it because it was there and i don't think i've actually ever seen the beginning
0: the only thing i know about it is that he's like koopa Gooding jr's manager and koopa Gooding jr says show me the money and then renee zellweger says you had me at hello and doesn't renee zellweger have a child i have no idea i feel like she does because it's that one
1: kid With the glasses. Oh,
0: Jonathan Lipnicki? Yeah. Yeah, this is his breakout. I remember that. That is all I know about this two-hour, 19-minute movie. That's all I remember. (laughs) I I probably blocked it all out because I vehemently hate
1: Tom Cruise. I have actively avoided that video game movie for so long. No matter how many times people tell me how amazing it is, I am just like, no. I cannot handle the Cruise, okay? I just can't do it. It's good, though. I know, but I can't, Justine. I can't. I can't with aliens and the crazy town. But there are aliens in the movie. But the maniacal laughter from that Scientology video just, like, seeped into my soul, and I'm just like, I can't uh, support this man.
0: Well, this might be our only Tom Cruise movie. Okay, that's good to know. Ever. Well, should we go watch it? Time to show me the money. Oh, you had that prepared. No, it's pretty off the cuff. I oh, am okay. awesome today. <laughs> good job, good job. I'm proud
1: of you. All right. Let's go watch Tom Cruise not be crazy or be crazy. I don't know.
0: What the hell did we just watch? I don't know. Was it written a romantic comedy, Justine? I'm like, was that even a movie the whole time I was like is when is this when's the movie starting i i don't i I am so confused. I was literally annoyed through I... like the back half of it. I was just confused through a lot of it. It felt like a fantasy. Yeah. And I was offended through a lot of it, too.
1: Yeah, I was offended through a good portion of it. Renee Zellweger should have stood up for women everywhere more. Yeah.
0: Oh, but one thing, Bonnie Hunt is, is everyone. Bonnie Hunt is us all. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> I just want like to meet Bonnie Hunt and thank her Yeah. for being a part of Jerry
0: Maguire <laughs> Just on the staple that I had a character that I could connect with. Yes, I want this movie rewritten all from her point of view. And we get her back. After 20 years, we get her back. Do it. Do it. All the way. Yay. Yay, Bonnie Hunt. Oh, I loved Bonnie Hunt. I wish I could rewatch the movie and just take the notes of Bonnie Hunt's scenes <laughs> and just. And her lines? Just talk about her. Just just that that's what i that's how i want to review it is just be like and in this scene bonnie hunt said this what was your favorite bonnie hunt moment oh it was something where she was like no no don't do it
1: <laughs> where she was watching from the window yeah
0: she's like nope 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 oh
1: no <laughs> i was like yes i think my favorite was when she was sharing a beer with tom cruise after the wedding and she goes if you fuck this up, I'll kill you with a smile.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, Bonnie Hunt is me. <laughs> Beautiful, miraculous Bonnie Hunt. She should have won an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> what does that say? He did write the character as, like, the audience. She is the audience connection. We we relate to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's opposing everything that's, like, happening. Yes. In this movie in relation. I guess you're supposed to. I don't know. It just makes me feel like you're you're against the movie for a lot of the time.
1: Is it trying to say that society is against true love or something weird like that? Because that's the only way that I can see that working. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, I don't... That's the only logical conclusion that I can get to is he's trying to say that society is against true love and how it's impractical and it goes against all of your predispositions about life or what? i don't know i i honestly i'm trying to rationalize a crazy man
0: i have no idea what this movie's about well i think the base story
1: of it is that he is a sports manager
0: oh oh i do know that the romance was between tom cruise and cuba gooding jr oh yes that's where the sure that's the that's the romance of the movie Cuba was teaching him about love. Right. Cuba was amazing
1: in this movie.
0: And like at the end they 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 needed each other and they loved yes. each other. Yes. They loved each other in the end.
1: They did. They really did.
0: The Tom Cruise and Renée Zellweger. I don't I I really don't know what to make of that at all. Cuz she did not seem like a real human. She was the alien and he was the alien the the machine in the Scientology building where it measures
1: your stress. Yeah. <laughs> Which are your Xenons or your, I don't know what it, your Xenons. Your xenon, <laughs> <laughs> 21st century girl? Yep. Uh, they're, my, they're my Xenon level. Uh, but yeah, it was, Renee Zellweger was super annoying with how completely and utterly infatuated she was with him being her, like, her answer for everything in life. Yeah. Like... She wanted to be inspired, and so he wrote this thing that inspired her. And then, like he, her son wanted a dad, and he really loved her. Her son,
0: and so that made her love him because yeah, she joined the cult of Tom Cruise, yeah, of Jerry Maguire. Of Jer- it was weird. It was really weird. She was like, like I said, she was not human. It was like, it, I think I said this
1: when we were watching it. It was like somebody in the writing room had this weird fantasy of wanting to be with their assistant or wanting their assistant to be infatuated with them at all times and that the man could do no wrong kind of thing. Cause she did boost his ego when he was down. Yeah. Which it is, it is an important lesson is that you, you are as a team, you, and as a partnership, you are supposed to be there when your partner is down and support them through that and and kind not necessarily boost their ego but be there for them. And nothing was ever his fault. Yes, she takes the blame for on herself. Everything for for their marriage being weird, for her not recognizing that she was falling in love with the idea. It was Also I don't know why we needed to see the like formation of every aspect of their relationship. So, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the 15-minute the voiceover intro. Didn't I say this was going to have a lot of exposition? Yeah, it, well, the voiceover never appeared again. Like, I thought it would be nice at the end. Okay, so it ends... With Cuba crying on the talk show, everything's kind of resolved. You see them walking in the park with their son, and Tom Cruise gives this little, like, yeah, this is what life is really all about. This is what, you know, this is what it means to be happy or whatever. And writing that memo was not the worst thing in my life. It felt so weird to use the voiceover in the beginning, especially when we're already
0: seeing what he's giving us the exposition on well actually in the beginning beginning it starts like that um internet meme the, the old animated one oh this is the earth yes because <laughs> <laughs> he says this is the world it's got six billion people on it or and this is the united
1: states where everything over anything is where it happens this is
0: america where it's
1: awesome yeah <laughs> It was definitely the feeling of America could do no wrong and America was Jerry Maguire.
0: And these are sports. And yeah. this is Jerry O'Connell and he is awesome at sports ball. That... Look at his racist father. Yeah, that's the thing. There was a lot of sports-y sports ball things in this, which I know it's like, this is a rom-com for guys, but we're going to show naked butts in it for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like anything. I appreciated seeing Cuba's ass. Because he was cut. Yeah, there was some guy with lumpy butt in yeah, the locker room. Yeah, there was not some good butt. I mean, if you're going to have butts in it specifically for the ladies. Make sure it's good butt. Yeah. Have a panel of
1: butt ladies come in and be like, this is a good butt. Just a scale. Yeah. And the
0: butts just get lumpier and saggy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 it's like that scale in your doctor's office of a one to ten, like of your pain scale. But it's your butt
0: scale. Yeah, we need more tens. We need more tens. <laughs> there was one. Oh yeah, sports ball. I wanna preface this, okay? By telling the people about my previous work. I assistant edited a documentary that you may have heard of. Called Head Games. And in it it's a lot of talk about concussions and the whole Goodell, you know cover all, up. Yeah, everything. And not just in, in foosball in, in all the sports. Mm-hmm women's soccer hockey oh the hockey community like really
1: supported this
0: oh yes they yes they did i cut in lots of b-roll of them talking about all the punishments for all the different kinds of hits yes so if there's one thing in sports ball that i know anything about (laughs) it is about concussions and repercussions and cover-ups and cte like that um that uh that Will Smith movie that just came out Concussion yes. that was about the doctor who was in the in the documentary yes so the um you you said something good when we j- just finished up the movie about what the movie could have been about especially in the beginning when he's talking about in the beginning i think we need to sum up a little mhm where first he's like these are sports these are sports awesome people but i'm the guy behind the scenes i'm the guy who really makes it all happen yeah so we see that, like, um, athletes are jerks. They won't sign certain things, and they get lots of concussions, but they still keep playing for that money, money, money. So it's a lot of money and greed and stuff. And it goes completely against their health. Yeah. Uh, we meet this hockey player who's got this fourth concussion, and his kid is like,
1: Why are you making my dad play? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I see concussions from the hockey point of view not from football because i don't watch football but hockey does have a level of concussion that is far different from football you're not just dealing with the brute force of everything you're also dealing with the speed hockey is very fast especially today it is much faster than it ever was in the 90s or even in the 80s it in 2002 it like Just all the European style came in and it got super fast.
0: But so many
1: enforcers, uh, because of their CTE, have killed themselves. Oh, yes. Um, Paul Matador, he was a hockey player for Chicago. He had been like this big name enforcer. He got addicted to painkillers. The NHL started to kind of cover everything up. And he ultimately killed himself in 2014. And it was very much a big deal throughout the hockey community. It was people started talking about actually what happened and what the NHL was doing. The NHL got sued by his family and a number of other families um, as a result of it. And the NHL has started to change their policies on it.
0: With much resistance.
1: Oh, yeah. Not nearly as as much as NFL is because the NFL today
0: still is not... The NFL... Doesn't admit
1: that it's an issue. Doesn't even admit that concussions happen in football. Still, whereas the hockey community, I think, in part because of how how close the players get, even even though your opponent on the ice, and even if you got into a fight or whatever, once you're off the ice, you are thick as thieves. Like that is your community. You will support one another. And one of his best friends, who still played for the Chicago Blackhawks and someone that I actually do did not like before this all happened. I, I did not like his play. I thought he was a dirty player. I thought he was always out to, you know, hurt somebody. He was gravely affected by his best friend killing himself. He came out. I mean, this guy, his nickname was car bomb and he came out and made this huge video. This is when um, the players tribute magazine started coming out and the players started writing about their experiences and getting their stories out there. He made this huge twenty minute video of him sitting in front of a camera talking about how the NHL doesn't do very much for you as a player once you are done. And how this could have all been resolved and how rehab doesn't necessarily always help. No, and, because your brain is permanently damaged. Yes. And how there is no support system once you're done. Once you right. are out of there the There is no you're support done.
0: system on the field.
1: I think it has gotten better since since all of these things have come out because once you realize that your players are going to like revolt, you have to do, you have to do something. And if you don't if you don't hold these players accountable for certain things, like Rafi Torres, if you do not hold that man accountable for him jumping into a hit. On a player's head, intentionally shoving your elbow into the head of somebody, causing a concussion that almost ended somebody's career, that's not okay. He should never play again. And actually, he doesn't now. And that's the reason why, is because players came out and said, hey, we are not going to let this stand, and we're not going to let people play that way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to not call... This was a, a play that was not called on the ice until the stretcher came out. The call was made, and they kicked the guy out because the stretcher didn't come out. He didn't get suspended for that play until much later because it re- they realized it was the playoffs, so they're like, oh, we're going to give him, like, three games. Mm. And this this is one of the NHL's top players, and they're not willing to protect their, quote-unquote, mm. product or whatever. And that was a big deal during that time, and when the it, it culminated into all of these things where that video came out and people are suing the NHL and then all of these things happening. The NFL hides these things, which is something that you explored in the documentary about how bad they, they just really don't want to acknowledge it at all. And the players can't Mm -hmm. because they'll lose their contracts or whatever. And that's kind of where I see a difference in, in the community of hockey is the players in hockey band together to get what they need to do, whereas the football players are, they may do this in certain aspects, but some most football players that I've ever been around, it's not, not like that community aspect of it. It's more, we're here to make the money that we deserve, and we're willing to put our body on that line to do it, so we're not going to say anything because of the money that's coming out of it.
0: I just think it's really sad, and I know with a lot of it because of the documentary, because kids idolize these football players and they want to play football and uh, there's not a real recognition of what actually you have to go through
1: right it's just i don't know i just we don't see we don't see the football players after they're they're done
0: yeah so i just feel bad for these kids who i'm sorry i'm like anybody i'm like when i see kids play football now i'm just like oh god no well
1: because football is getting faster too yeah faster and bigger and what we were going back to what we were talking about is what I said after the movie, I think it this would have been a better movie had one, it not been a romantic comedy, had it been a crisis of conscience of somebody who had far more overreaching power to like save people. I think what bothers me a lot is you are introduced to this, this kid who gives him this thought of, Are we really taking care of the people that we are signed to take care of? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we're putting the bottom line of the money over their
0: their general well-being. Right. That's the first idea the movie pitches to you.
1: Yes, because the hockey player is like, I have to play... This certain day, so that I can get this contract extension, so that I can support my family. Mm-hmm. It is a legitimate thing. Yeah, it, he
0: says this while he's like all bound up in a neck neck brace in the hospital, and the <laughs> the doctor is
1: asking if he knows who he is. Yeah. Later in life, like he will deteriorate.
0: Yeah, four concussions is. He's got early onset dementia.
1: Yes. Yeah. No he doubt. probably will experience those those symptoms within the next twenty years.
0: Yeah. It would be bad. Dude, I'm just like, dude, football players... I've seen football players, they could not tell you the the months in order. They couldn't... They forget. Well,
1: and even, like, Mike Tyson, like, as mm-hmm. a boxer. Yeah, boxers.
0: Soccer with all those headers.
1: Yes. So, I think this is, like, a very microcosm-y movie mm-hmm. of a sports agent having this recognition. And then... It turning into this weird thing where he still, he supports his player. He loves his player, but he still lights a fire under his ass that may or may not cause his temper to run away with himself and get
0: him seriously injured. Dude, I thought he was going to die for real. Oh, I thought
1: somebody really was going to die. And it really, it doesn't actually tie into the underlying issue of what gave him this crisis of conscience. He didn't actually fix anything. He, He didn't. He had a relationship with his player now. That was different. That was good. But when Cuba was laying there on that field, he didn't go after anybody to say, hey, this is not okay. Like, why is this hit okay in football? Like, why are we not necessarily... Yes, play as hard and be as competitive as you possibly can. Accidents will happen. I get it. But at the same time, your players should be looking out for one another and not intentionally injuring them why is this hit okay mm-hmm. like that would have been a much better way of tying in this relationship thing rather than cuba gooding jr finally standing up and waking up and being okay and
0: break dancing oh that part i wanted to like vomit I was like, no, it what? was like it
1: was just a fantasy. It was I know, so just a fantasy. I was
0: like,, uh, uh, yeah, seriously, it just like slapped you in the face after that whole intro, yeah, to just have him like dancing and happy after his neck was probably broken. it looked like. <laughs> Oh, you know, adrenaline like that yeah. could
1: be still in his system so potent that he probably did break something and didn't know about it yet. I know.
0: I was, I still, when he was dancing, I was like, he's going to die.
1: He doesn't <laughs> know it yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, oh my God, he's going to drop dead he any second. He has crush now. syndrome. Something is b- happening badly. Oh, oh it's not, it's, oh, in these romantic comedies, it's not often we have to, like, worry about someone dying
1: well yeah and the decision was made to make this a romantic comedy rather than a dramatic piece on the exploration of what it means to be in sports mm. or responsible for players really bothers me cameron crow sat down to write this has like a weird vendetta against women <laughs> and the groups that they May form. There's a lot of like sports problems. There's a lot of societal problems. There's some Tom Cruise weirdness of like undressing Renee Zellweger on the front porch <laughs> of her house.
0: Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything just made me cringe. <laughs> like, every one of those things, you're just like, ugh.
1: Okay, so when we focused on Cuba and his wife's relationship, it was sweet and genuine and felt like an actual partnership and was just like, why can't we focus on them?
0: Yeah, and she was <laughs> like, you are a strong, successful black man. Yes. <laughs> and just, like, focused on them. And they had, the like, their little unit and they supported each other. And yes. Was like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> There's also a lot of weird race stuff in this movie. Oh, when they were in the beginning when they were like signing all the guys where what's his face? Sugar was like, Jerry doesn't know what it's like to be a black man. Yeah. And Jerry was like, I know what it's like to be a black man. We're like, what? How did this? Yeah. Who who approved this? And, And
1: when you're in the boardroom scene with them, it's all white dudes.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? It just was, like, so awkward and so cringing through the whole movie. (sighs) Cameron Crowe had a lot of things he wanted to say in this movie. A lot of topics to cover. Which Which is why it's two hours and 19 minutes long. Too many topics to cover, so nothing really... For a romantic comedy. It didn't come clear what he wanted to say about any of these topics. Yes.
1: Let's go into the plot.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we talked about the beginning... So we talked about, he got to that point where the kid says, fuck you. And so- Flicks
1: him off again. Like, as if fuck you was not apparent enough, we get another shot of this kid flicking him off mm-hmm. as he walks away.
0: Yeah. Um, then uh, Jerry goes to a corporate conference in Miami, and this is where he has his mental breakdown. And he goes, I hated myself. This isn't his VO. I hated my place in the world. So then he starts writing his mission statement. And the mission is fewer clients, less money. And so he delivers this to everyone at like two in the morning, whenever he goes and does things. He, you know, Mm -hmm. all night makes this 27 page mission statement. And then so he goes down in the conference in the morning and everybody applauds him. And they're like, you're saying what we're all thinking. This I
1: really thought was a fantasy sequence.
0: (laughs) It did feel like a fantasy.
1: Actually, this whole movie felt like a fantasy sequence. Yeah,
0: he's just going to wake up. It's all in, like, his crazy head. Yeah. And he says, like, I was 35 and I just started living life.
1: Yeah, this movie is very quotable. I will give Cameron Crowe that. It it is very quotable. It has some really nice nuggets. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Lipnicki is adorable.
0: Yeah. And pretty much... This movie's been quoted so much that it's like, any honesty or anything to the lions have been ruined. Yes. They're no longer genuine.
1: No, not anymore.
0: (laughs) All I just kept thinking about was Austin Powers. You complete me. You complete me. I heart you. (laughs) Okay, okay. So he's on an airplane. He's in first class. Renee Zellweger is flying Coach. coach. And she's with her sixth son,
1: Who's allergic to the material of the blankets and the airline can't do anything about it? Right. It's like take the blanket away from the child.
0: <laughs> Is this blanket making your child sick? Who cares? <laughs> You're flying coach. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about you. <laughs> So Jerry, he's sitting next to this woman, and he's telling the story of his proposal to his fiancee and Renee Zellweger, whose character's name is Dorothy. And I'm probably gonna intertwine Dorothy and Renee. She is enthralled. She. This is the first time when I was just like, "What?" And just every she
1: looks severely turned on.
0: She is crazy enthralled about the story of his proposal. Like
1: She's, like, le-
0: in the aisle, on the floor,
1: touching her breasts, and, yeah, like, just swooning.
0: Yeah, like, she has never heard an engagement story in her life.
1: Or, like, has never heard a first-class man speak before.
0: While drinking champagne. Yeah. Oh, uh, she does say something about, like, oh, that's first-class son, they have a better life.
1: It's usually, she's it like, used to be a better meal, now it's a better life.
0: yeah. Like we're talking about class now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, what are you trying to say, Cameron Crow?
0: That's the that's the theme to this podcast, this episode. What are you trying to? Okay, so we're at the airport now, and she's lost her son. She's lost her giant-headed son, and Jerry Maguire's there to help. And um, they find the son, whatever. And then as he's leaving, she goes, "I loved your memo, by the way." And the, the kid starts holding his hand and starts, like, swinging and jumping. And he's like, what is this tiny human? <laughs> okay, I will accept your bounciness. And, I don't know, they talk for a little bit. He knows who she is, whatever. they, She works there yes. with him. She's an accountant. So then the next scene, he's having wild, crazy monkey sex with his fiance.
1: Wild, crazy monkey sex doesn't even begin to cover <laughs> it. It's, like, violent. It is so aggressive. Like she's there next to a bookshelf and she's like knocking things off of the bookshelf like a vase goes flying and he's like trying to like hold on for dear life and she's just riding like it's the freaking stampede
0: (laughs) i was like i wonder how ashley's gonna finish this sentence (laughs) let's tune in
1: I mean, you saw Kelly Preston's, like, intense side boob as she is, like, intensely grinding on Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah.
0: She would have been sore after that shoot date of them going, boop boop voop, boop
1: Yes. Like, ow, man. Like, yeah. How is that even enjoyable? Yeah. Like, in between
0: breaks, she's like, bring me my sports bra. Yeah. <laughs> She really enjoyed being naked, though. Yeah, then they're naked eating strawberries. Which, the
1: it was like a giant popcorn v- bowl of strawberries. Giant fr- strawberries.
0: Yes. I was just so confused by this scene. I had no idea what they're talking about.
1: There was, like, nothing of substance that they were talking about. It was, like, going into work and how he was the man. And yeah,
0: you're the man, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. We're naked eating strawberries. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I was just like, "What is happening? What are you trying to say, Cameron Crow?" <laughs> okay, then we have Jerry McGuire. <laughs>
1: a, t- a T-shirt <laughs> of Tom Cruise's face, and then on the back it just says, "What are you trying to say, Cameron Crow?" <laughs> Another T-shirt idea.
0: <laughs> I think that would work well as a tote too.
1: Oh, yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into business for this. Ooh, we could sell it at the Rip Gratis.
0: Yes. <laughs> Um, so then we're at, uh, Jerry Maguire's bachelor party. There's this videotape that someone has cruelly edited of, like, his ex-girlfriends.
1: They've recorded all of his girlfriends talking about him for his bachelor party, and then his fiance is in, like, sexy lingerie with a blowtorch burning his little black book. Mm-hmm. Like, she is just
0: a violent person. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Like, when you have the dichotomy of the women that Cameron Crowe is exploring, you have his fiance who's a Brit- who's a businesswoman who's very harsh and very like violent, violent, as you said. And then you have Renee Selwicker, who's, who's very, a waif, very sweet and very giving. You know, like you can either be this or that.
1: And then you have the women in the group who are just bitchy and man haters.
0: Yeah. That's why I was, like, this whole movie, I was like, he hates women. I don't know. I I know that's, like, a a big leap to say. He just doesn't know how to write women. Just, like, what it felt.
1: Yeah, no. Like, Kelly Preston's character is so in your face about every, like, how...
0: It's just, like, these were not complex women.
1: No, she was definitely
0: just the bitch. Yeah. And and just, like, this really weird over-the-top cartoony bitch
1: she was angry about his lack of success yeah but not like comforting at all and he is very narcissistic like he just wants to talk about himself
0: so like when he failed she'd be like grow a
1: pair yeah let's not we don't want to i don't want to talk to you about this i don't want to talk to you about yourself anymore
0: i don't talk to losers yes So, like, just as much as I think Renee Zellweger wasn't human, I don't think this character was human.
1: I don't think Jerry Maguire was human, either. Because he is so narcissistic. (laughs) I mean, from, like, a character level, he was fleshed out. He had faults. He had, you know, lots of different things. Right. But at the same time, he is so narcissistic that he never actually changes that he always still wants to talk about himself and how what's happening in the world affects him i think it maybe changes a little after the cuba situation uh, at the football game but mm. i never really
0: truly felt like he was done being this narcissistic corporate drone his uh wardrobe would have you think so because he went from the beginning wearing those tights uh, fashion suits like American Psycho to the yeah. end, wearing like no tie, just well, like and his t-shirts. hair wasn't greased yep. and all that stuff. His wardrobe had to change. Yes. Cameron Crow wanted Tom Hanks. But, oh, Tom Hanks would have been so much better. But by the time it took him three and a half years to write the script, and by the time Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks was doing stuff, he was in the middle of directing, producing that thing you do. Oh, okay. Which is amazing. T. Hanks. T. Hanks. We love you. Get that on us. Come on the show. T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this video. This video that's been edited together, pretty much the women are like, he can't be alone. He's insincere.
1: Love ya. He is so good at friendship, but not intimacy.
0: So like he's watching this video and he's like crying inside.
1: Yeah, because it's not who he wants to be or that's what he says he doesn't want to be. But it's like you never still get
0: away from <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the 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 romantic comedy angle to this is that he doesn't know how to love.
1: Not being or not being able to be alone is equated with him not knowing himself enough to love another person. Yeah. It that's the angle that they were going for. It just does not actually hit any of those marks story-wise. <laughs> Cuz you would think that there would be scenes of him being alone after he breaks up with his fiance, and like dealing with the fact that he's not alone ever again. It's the same problem with Hello Dolly. There is never just this scene of you seeing your main character contemplating choose making a choice. Mm-hmm. We never see him alone to deal with himself. Like if he's really having this crisis of conscience then there needs to be that scene of him contemplating, not just the voiceover with him writing this thing. That doesn't really count to me because that's not, that's your instigation for the story. But when he's still dealing with all of these things happening to him, he's still not alone, not truly. He has all these people that he's talking to, that he's fighting with, that he's around. And he, again, it's just, he's not learning about himself. He's still generating his self-worth based on this notion that he has to sign or protect these peop these uh, sports players mm-hmm. and the fact that he only has one client really drives him mad like he we can't just deal with one person one-on-one he needs this huge i don't know audience entourage yeah there's never a moment where i felt like Jerry, as a a character, as a person, sat down and really thought about where he wanted his life to go and what that really did mean. There's never this moment of him accepting what he has created for the
0: world. So uh, there's another scene where we meet Marcy, who's Rod's wife. It's Regina King. And she's having a meeting with Jerry because Jerry manages he's the agent yes um and she wants a better endorsement deal for her husband because he's just doing mattresses water beds water beds yes he's not doing the big four yeah jay moore plays sugar he's his enemy he's the arch enemy who was
1: not a very good arch enemy because he was in the movie for what five minutes
0: no he's in he's in he's at the very end too
1: he's in the very beginning and the very end he has no middle Probably. He disappears completely after he...
0: Well, because Jerry's doing his own thing. Jerry's, t- lo- Jerry's looking out for number one.
1: <laughs> Jerry's Joey.
0: Jerry's his own boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Wait, actually, we can tie a lot of that into this.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Because Jerry does just want to be your pal. Pal Joey, everyone. Never ceases to die. <laughs> It, it it crops up in unexpected ways. That was a terrible movie. It was a terrible dude. Movie. We like gave it like threes, and now we're like this is an awful movie
1: <laughs> because it lives on. It lives in my brain. <laughs> Every so often, I see Fra- like just randomly, just times that are just not appropriate. I see Frank Sinatra in his little monogram slippers. And I just want to ask him why. Why? Why are you in my brain? Why are you in my subconscious? Why am I dreaming about this today? What is <laughs> happening?
0: Uh, listeners, you only hear the podcast. We live it <laughs> daily. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So sugar brings him to lunch, and then he fires him. He says, "You fired." Even though he was all like, "Yay!" But he's like. For a week, I had to, in my head, know I was going to fire you because of that stupid thing you put out. The memo. He cries
1: a lot about what this is doing to him. Yeah. Rather than what it is. And Jerry is like, why can't we focus on me?
0: There's like, why am I losing my job? And Sugar's like, what? I have to fire my mentor. (laughs) So then, then, then there's war.
1: There's intense war.
0: They have war of The clients, because Jerry's like, no, I'm leaving this business with my clients and I'm taking yours. So they get on their phones and they start calling up their clients and everybody's going to Sugar because he's got the big company. Yes. And they're all doing their endorsement deals right now and they don't want to resign and redo their contracts as far as I understand it. What do I know?
1: I don't know. I didn't understand a lot of this montage.
0: I wrote down sports people and this film does not hold up because of political correctness as we talked about previously <laughs> yes
1: although that probably still does happen yeah you're not gonna put it in a movie no but it the you don't know what it's like to be a black man probably still happens oh my god
0: jerry calls up Cuba gooding jr Cuba's like let me tell you my list of grievances with you <laughs> while he's on the phone he's losing clients losing yes. calls so then we have the show me the money Whatever that means. Yes. So then he stays a client of Jerry. So he's got the one. So now, since he's been fired, he's done what he can for the day. It's the end of the day. He's got to leave. And so he takes the fish because the fish have more manners than the rest of them. They're more polite. So he takes a fish, which Cameron Crowe says that the fish is Jerry's only friend.
1: The fish was violently removed from a
0: fish tank
1: (laughs) into a plastic
0: bag. Yeah, I don't think the fish wanted to be Jerry's friend. That fish probably died. (laughs) He survived the movie. So he's like, who else is coming with me? Anyone else coming with me? And nobody wants to go for a while, but then Dorothy stands up, Renee Zellweger. I'll go with you. Because she's been inspired. So they get into the elevator, and then this other lovey-dovey couple come in, and they have sign language.
1: Yeah, uh, the guy is... He's wearing a hearing aid, so I'm not sure if the other woman is hearing impaired, but he is. He... Technically signs, you make me complete. You make me whole. You make me whole. Yeah. And Renee's like... My aunt is hearing impaired and he just said, you complete me. Yeah. Which is not what he said. It's not what he said, Renee Zellweger. He, he did the sign for make.
0: You make me whole. Could not be the, the pop culture line that Cameron Crowe put forth into the world. Would have been a better one. You make me whole. Um, I was thinking about that last night. <laughs> you make me whole. I was listening to uh, to Barbara Streisand <laughs> people. Mhm. People who need people. Yes. Uh what did she say? I was I was once half now I'm whole. Yes. So I was thinking about that last night about what I said before in romantic comedies, people come together they become whole.
1: They fill a piece yeah. inside of you.
0: Yeah. I mean, this movie just says it. I don't think it actually happened.
1: I still think they're divorced in the future.
0: Do you think they still live together? Yes, because of what Renee Zellweger's character says about how she, like, says every- she does the everything's okay thing and he does the. I don't know. There's something with his personality where he apologizes or something where he, like, overcompensates. Need- overcompensates, needs to fix things, like, but they don't ever talk about things right so it's possible they're still together based off of that i guess okay 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 so there's this women's feminist group at renee's home but they're really a divorced women's group a a group of women
1: divorced like women's support group
0: support group but they're like talking about like feminist facts they're like you know, through all of our lives, us women, we've been told that each other are the enemy, you know, and we have to support each other. It's like we've been told that I, uh, I should be jealous of you, other And we woman. have to compete with the men and compete with ourselves. Yeah, which is a feminist topic. I don't know how they got onto this in a divorce support group. I don't know. I don't know why they were needed. What was their
1: purpose? It's not like they were muses on their relationship. I don't know why they were needed at all. Like I liked the I liked what they were saying. I liked the commentary that they were adding about society. But what do they add to the story? Is it just world building? Like even then, it's a bit of a stretch to say because we don't know if Renee Zellweger's. Uh, I'm gonna assume that her sister is divorced.
0: Yeah, I believe Bonnie Hunt was a part of the support group, and yeah. she hosts it at her house. Yeah,
1: she's like the moderator or whatever. But you don't know why. You you have no lead-in to this. It just is cut straight to and you're in this weird handycam yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was all and
0: handheld. It, yeah. I feel like it was just there just so at the end he could declare how wonderful a man he is in front of all these man-haters. Like, you come in and he's like, I'm a man and I'm having an emotional moment. And all these women are like, oh, I've changed my mind. Men are great. I don't know for for me that felt like that was the intended payoff I could see that yeah which disgusts me
1: (laughs) now I will say that Cameron (laughs) Crowe hates women (laughs) from that point of view yeah that is like a horrible reason to use something like that as a I felt manipulated through this whole movie I felt like this whole movie was dumb I feel like there's a reason why I've only seen
0: it once in 20 years I despised this movie. Jerry seeks help from his fiance. Oh, yes. They're still together and he's going like, I've been fired. And this is when she's like, I have to do my job. I don't know. I'm not going to something, something when somebody calls you a loser and he's like, who called me a loser? And she's like, um, me. me." (laughs) So Jerry goes to Texas to see Jerry O'Connell. He's a football player named Cush. Cushman. Cushman. Was that his first name or his last name? His last name spelled C U S H M A N. Oh, so this is when he goes and so so Cushman is this really great football player.
1: He's a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and he's like really good. He's first pick in the drafts of whatever that means. I'm sorry I don't know foosball. So like Jerry goes and he talks to his dad who's his agent and his dad's like I don't like signing contracts but you have my word that we're with you Jerry McGuire and my word is as good as law it's as strong as oak I am a man you must trust me wood metaphor
1: <laughs> white privilege <laughs> I'm from Texas that's what that like that whole character just screamed every one of
0: those things so yeah, then he's driving and he's singing. What were we singing? Free, Free falling. <laughs> so now Renee Zellweger, Dorothy, is his personal assistant slash accountant
1: slash only employee slash possibly an HR r- lawsuit.
0: Yeah. So she's drive. She drives Jerry to the airport. Her son Ray is in the back seat, and he's. Doing facts with Jerry. Like, do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? And Jerry's like, did you know? This football star did this thing, this impressive stat. Yeah. So him and the son are getting along real well. Days in love. So this is like the worst scene ever. She drops Jerry off at the airport. He leaves. And then like in her line of sight, this family starts hugging And it's actually, they use the stand-ins for Renee Zellweger, Tom Cruise, and Jonathan Lipnicki. So, if you know, stand-ins have to look like the actors they're standing in so they can do light tests on them. Yes. So, it was like, them as a family just got planted in her brain. And, like, the camera's pushing in on them. It's pushing in on Renee. And and she has this, like, sweet face. Like, this, oh, look, this
1: fantastical mesmerizing she's having a fantasy face
0: yeah it's just uh, i felt the uh, filmmakers were just controlling you want this
1: you want them to be a family this son needs a father single mothers i don't know what they were trying to say about single mothers they didn't either. say
0: a whole lot i feel like an okay i can only judge this by other movies i've seen yeah But in other movies, single mothers are way more hesitant to get into relationships because they want to protect their child. Yes. This seemed very quite the opposite. Yes. But at the same time,
1: you still had Cuba Gooding Jr., who was just like, single mothers are precious beings. You have to, you know, be upfront with them. You have to. They're taking care of a child, they're doing, like, the most important job. Kind of thing, because he was raised by a single mother and he knows how, you know, how fragile it can be to be rejected as a single mother based on how hard it can be. It's also weird to have a character like Bonnie Hunt who is acknowledging that all of this is gross. Yeah. So
0: what are what are we trying to say? So Jerry, like, disses Cuba Gooding Jr. to go say hi to Kush, who yes. has all these reporters around him, because he's like the money and Cuba yes. is the nobody. Well, he's not necessarily nobody. He's just like this star that is slowly fading. They're there at this conference or whatever, this expo to get advertising deals, it seems like. Yes. And he's there, and he's pushing Kuba, Rod. Rod's getting upset because nobody wants him. Yes. Yeah, Jerry's got to go meet with Kush. This is the night before the draft, but Sugar calls. They think it's a reporter, so Jerry answers... And we Pretends find... It, to be Cush. Yeah, we find out that they're two-timing him. They're two-timing Jeremy Guyer. Yeah. Which he, Tom Cruise had the craziest face on in this. He looked like he was having an aneurysm. <laughs> he looked like he was about to, like, axe murder everybody <laughs> in the room. <laughs> that too. He's like, I kept on getting American Psycho vibes. I think that's just a general response to Tom Cruise. <laughs> So the dad, the racist dad, says the racist thing. Yeah,
1: it's the racist thing about, we signed it about an hour ago. You were in the lobby with the black man. It's like, um... The black fella. The black fella. Yeah, that's just racist. (laughs) While he did use the term fella instead of other things, it's the way he said it is so angry white Texas man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which, you know, Jerry just, like, makes a face and just backs on out of that. Because he doesn't want to be a part of that. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, that Jerry Maguire. So he has a fight with his fiancée, who's like, again, like, I'm not going to hold your hand through all of this. <laughs> so he's like, let's break up. And then she's like, no, I climb mountains. I can fix this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and well she just said, I'm not gonna hold your hand through this. Yeah.
0: But I'm not gonna let you go either. Yeah. It's like what? And he's like, No, 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 we're breaking up and she's like, fine. And then she punches him in the face and like knees him in the stomach and pushes him on the ground, like full on, like bam, bam, bam. And then gives him the loser thing and then holds up her L finger. Like,
1: you're a lizard. Like, what are we in high school? What is happening?
0: Yeah. Jerry's very angry, but Kuba sticks with him. Yes. He's very upset about everything that happened, but Kuba's like, hey, I got you. We got each other. I got you, babe. Jerry calls up Renee and he's like, can we have a meeting tonight? <laughs> he goes over to Renee Zellweger. And the sister, they live together. So he comes over really, really drunk. Renee goes to the kitchen with Bonnie Hunt to get more drinks. And Ray comes out and talks to Rod on the phone. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, Renee Zellweger, says to her sister, Do you know what other women my age are doing right now? I'm the oldest 26-year-old in the world.
1: Yep. I, I have nothing to add. I, I, I don't remember the this- scene. <laughs> All I remember is Jonathan Lipnicki, like, as soon as he hears Renee Zellweger coming back, he's like, okay, gotta go. Gotta go to bed now. Mama's coming. I hear her. Gotta go. I'm going to bed. Hear my mom. Gotta go to bed. Yeah. And <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, but wait, I want to continue talking about my dad with you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why are you talking to, like, a five-year-old about your dad? So then when Dorothy comes back jerry tries to give her this inspirational speech with a poker the fireplace poker and he's swinging around so again i have no idea what he's talking about because i'm just like <laughs> worried for her life <laughs> <laughs> so many things happen i'm like what is this What? that i don't even listen
1: why was that like was that i i honestly feel like that was a tom cruise decision it was just like you know what would be awesome i pick up this fire poker and i just start swinging it around <laughs> yeah because I'm drunk. Because I'm drunk and we do di- we do violent things when we're drunk. Right? Right? Right?
0: Yes. Yes. It talks about a man's inner violence and carnal activity. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I can totally see, like, coked out Tom Cruise talking about that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he's on cocaine or not, I don't know. He just acts like it. He just is in perpetual cocaine habit forming
0: minds. So... He stops doing that, he sits down on the couch and she's just like, Hey, what you wrote inspired me. So then he awkwardly grope kisses her. He like grabs her boob like a radiant. like what is this? Like when you're turning a doorknob? Turning a doorknob on her <laughs> boob and he's just like drunkenly mouthing on her face. <laughs> That's what it yeah. And she's just like eyes open all the way, like, what?
1: Uh, I'm I'm old. Twenty six, old sex,
0: need sex, need need the sex. Oh, this is nice. Oh wait, you're my boss. Yeah. That's when she's like, okay, boss, see you later, boss. And he's like, You called me boss. That means this is awkward. Ugh. This is gonna be embarrassing oh, tomorrow. Didn't they bring up like I don't wanna be like uh Clarence Thomas right now? Yeah. Oh, she said the stupidest thing I was so angry about. She's like, Well, I might not sue ya and I'm like, Oh My God! Oh my God! What was he
1: trying? What was Cameron Crowe trying to say? He's saying he hates women. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you say that? Why would you bring up Clarence
0: Thomas? If you were Clarence Thomas, I might not sue.
1: (laughs) That's like okay. That's like those girls that like tell Chris Brown that they would like him to beat them. Exactly. That is
0: what (laughs) that is.
1: What it, like where does that come from? Why is that a thing in our culture? And how can we help these young women? I I hated Ren- Renee Zellweger in this movie. Uh, it's because Cameron Crowe wrote her. Cameron Crowe, what were you trying to say? Come on the show and talk about it with us because, fuck you, dude. <laughs> See, I'm giving him his crisis of conscience. I'm the child. <laughs>
0: fuck you, Cameron Crowe. Think about shit. So Jerry has. This meeting with uh, Rod's coach, I want to say. And the coach is not happy because Rod is, he's okay, but he has a bad attitude. Like, he's not even, like, great with a bad attitude. He's, like, okay with a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to pay the money that Jerry's asking for. That's how I understand it. Basically, he's not going to pay him until the contract is up. Nobody's happy. So we have this locker room scene, which I think was, like, way too long. He tries to get Rod a deal, and this is the help me help you. But then, like, Jerry gives up. Because Rod wants all these things, and he's got his attitude, and Jerry's like, Dude, you're not that great. (laughs) You're not worth the the time and effort. Like, I am
1: here for you. I am doing all this stuff for for you. Why can't you do anything
0: to help yourself? Thing is... Rod believed in Jerry, but Jerry didn't believe in Rod. Yes. That was their relationship at this point. Yes. Because as we said, this is the rom-com here. So Renee and Jerry talk, and then he invites her to dinner. So then there's the divorce support group out at the house again, and Jerry comes over when they're there to pick up Dorothy. Oh, oh, this fucking part. This part was just like the airport part where Ray's like, can I have a hug, Jerry? And he bends down and Ray kisses him on the cheek. And then you zoom in to like, Dor- to Renee Zellweger's contorted face of like, Aah! oh, look, preciousness. I was just like, oh, God, she's having like a conniption of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she, like, tells her sister, like, he has never kissed anyone like a daddy before. before. Oh. It's just, I'm sorry, this movie's making me angry.
1: Oh, no, I know. Sorry, I searched in the Google, does Cameron Crowe hate women? And I found an article. Oh? About how he is now turning into a character that he creates. How he <sighs> talked about how, um... or he wanted to write characters who are, like, the battered idealist. And now he is now a battered idealist because I didn't know he directed Aloha, but he did. Yep. How he's losing his sincerity and it's a destructive
0: character that he is portraying in his movies. And carrying on. So they have their uh, Mexican food date where he's like, this is not a date. We're business associates. Please don't play music near us. And then they get, I don't know what else they, I, I don't know what they talk about at dinner something sam knows i don't know because i was like too busy still like what is happening <laughs> well he like tries to talk about the business
1: and then she goes on like to talk about something i don't remember again this is like one of those moments where i was just like i can't with this movie that was that was me during this scene because i was just thoroughly annoyed that she got all like dressed up and he was not like nearly as dressed <laughs> <laughs> like he they sexified her yeah and that was like the whole point and he did not put any effort into anything he was just like it's just a business meeting it's like no you presented it as a date sir mm-hmm.
0: yeah after you groped her
1: yeah it is just you are misleading and gross you're a lawsuit waiting to happen <laughs>
0: and we will sue we will sue Get you, Jerry McGuire. Get you, get you good. So they're at the door at the house. I didn't mention the babysitter, Chad. He he's um. I know him from Dick and uh, High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. He's like pretty much the same character, and I love him. So they're at the front door, and they're doing this major smooch, and she has a dress malfunction. Uh, yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> He kissed her so hard, her her halter broke. Yep. Well, he was playing with it, too. Yeah. Look at this flimsy little halter. Whoops!
1: Oh, it's, uh, well, I'm outside on the front porch.
0: So he's like, let me fix that for you. But, like, the guy's way of let me fix that for you, meaning I'm going to kiss you everywhere and take my sweet ass time.
1: I'm going to probably fondle your nipples with my lips. <laughs> okay, that's what they alluded to, because you're just you're there, you stay in Renee Zellweger's close up as he slowly bends down. Yeah, he you don't know what's happening
0: below frame. Yeah.
1: You don't know if she's topless on her front porch. It alludes to her being topless on her front porch and he is going down low. (laughs) He's going below the belt. He he is adventuring into (laughs) new territory. In certain aspects. I mean, her dress was rather short, so you never know. (laughs) We we don't know what happens
0: below frame.
1: All we know is she is severely turned on. Yeah. She goes inside
0: and she's like, babysitter, leave. (laughs) And he's like, how was your date? And she's like, it's still going on. Which is, you know, code. Yes. For get out. (laughs) Get out. So... Chad, the babysitter, gives Jerry a a tape of Miles Davis. So they have sexy time, but we don't see any of that. We we see uh, Tom Cruise shirtless, and then they're lying on the bed talking and smooching. Yes. And then they supposedly have sex. Supposedly fade out. We only get to see the violent sex in this movie. We don't get to see the sweet, nice, happy sex. No. That's for behind closed doors. Apparently. The next morning... Jerry wakes up and he overhears Renee in the kitchen talking to her sister, the sensible one in the movie. He's the one. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm going to shout it out so the entire world can hear me. And Ray gives away that Jerry's overhearing. Uh... And she is mortified. But we all get Applejacks. I'm happy with that. I want Applejacks.
1: He gives that child so many Apple Jacks. Anyway, carry on. There's love. And he's like freaked out at first.
0: Then he's like, gosh, I love this tiny human. Yep. Look at this little, little boy. I'm going to give him so many Apple Jacks. Ah, I'm like give him all the Apple Jacks because his daddy is dead. You're going to need to buy more Apple Jacks after this. <laughs> There's an entire box of Apple Jacks in this kid's bowl. <laughs> so at work, and remember, Renee Zellweger works for him. She has to be his work servant, which he's slightly a little bit upset about. They're waiting for a fax. Uh what's his face? Cuba's there, Marcy's there. They're waiting for the fax and they get bad numbers. Bad numbers whatever they are. The wife is upset, but the wife supports Rod. Marcy, she supports him. She's upset and she's angry, but she's here for him. Yeah. You are a strong, independent black man. You can get through this. You can get through this together. <laughs> yes. And Jerry's like Okay, this is the talk where I think it's kind of uh, plot-dependent or something. I don't know if it makes sense to me. They're going to not accept these new terms. They're going to wait out this current contract. So,
1: basically, in negotiations for contract re-upping... I understand understand a little bit of this. I am by no means the end-all be-all of this information. Please do not take this that way. Uh, There is a way to go about it for... Resigning free agents, because you can go into free agency after the season. So once your contracts end, contract ends, you can either, during that season, try to renegotiate your contract so that you can stay with that team, you can stay in the area. If it's a team that you've been with a long time, most of the time people don't want to move because they have family, They their children are in school, they don't want to uproot their family and go to a different city. So they want a big contract signing being like, I've been here, I signed with this team, I've been with this team forever. That's what Cuba Gooding Jr. is talking about. He didn't want to go to free agency. If you waited out and you go to free agency, there's the possibility that you would get signed for more money than what you would expect from another team. The Another team has the ability to talk to you once that contract is up.
0: All right.
1: Unless you're a restricted free agent, which means that you only you don't get to talk to the rest of the teams until a certain amount of time. Um, but if you're a completely free agent an unrestricted free agent, you can talk to any team once the season is done. It's very confusing. It's all lawyery talk. Basically. That's why they're trying to do it in the season. Cause they want to stay in Arizona. They don't want to move. They um, have their family there and they think that the team, the Arizona Cardinals owe him for everything that he has done. Cuba is kind of whining. About what he. And, and Jerry does bring this up. Is that you know. You're you're constantly always bitching. About what other people are getting. That you are not. Whether that is a fair assessment. I don't know. Because I think I think Cuba had a right. To feel gypped out of that. Because the coach was kind of being a dick about it. Or the GM or whoever it is. That do,
0: does signings in football. So. But Jerry's worried about if they do this thing, if they let the contract run out and do this free agency thing, he's like, you can't get hurt, though. Yeah. That would be bad because then nobody, it's like being unemployed,
1: right? Exactly. If you're hurt, hurt, like if you have a career-ending injury, if you were injured on the last year of your contract, they are not obligated to give you anything. So you're hurt, you're out, your health insurance, and you are on... Everything that your savings is. I don't know if that's different now, but in the 90s, that definitely still occurred.
0: So that's how that ends. They agree to do that. So there's this other scene with Dorothy and Jerry, and she's like, I'm going to take that job in San Diego, which I have no idea where this came from.
1: She had talked about it in like the beginning. like This was a job offer that she got months ago. And I don't know if it's an accounting job. I don't know what it is. This is never described she's trying to
0: like save him from himself basically yeah because he's
1: hemorrhaging money
0: yeah and she's like stop wasting money on me i'm going so she's doing it for him out of her selfless good heart yes she
1: has no intentions other than protecting and saving him
0: yes not looking out for her and her kid, which I think is so weird that her, like, her kid is not like her number one priority. It's like Jerry Maguire is her number one priority. Yeah. The kid
1: becomes Jerry Maguire's number one priority.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he like tries to beg her to stay, but nothing yet. Jerry gets some advice from Rod. You got to be honest and you got to be true and you got to tell her that you love her. So the day that Renee is leaving, she's got the van the, the truck the u-haul he's jerry saying goodbye to ray and then he says goodbye and i love you to dorothy because she's but she's like i love you because she's already said like i love you to him so it was like a totally casual when she's like okay goodbye i love you and he's like i love you so like well bonnie hunt had given her like this pep talk of like
1: just just do it if it's meant to be it's meant to be just break it off like go do what's best for you and what's best for ray and, you know, if he, if he loves you, he will understand.
0: And plus, like, they're still together? Yes. And he's going to come visit her in a week. Yes. That, that's their plan. Yes. She's, she's just going to San Diego, you know? Yes. Not that far. Exactly. So Bonnie hunts in the window, and this is her going, okay, just go to the truck. Go to the truck. Leave. Go. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. What is happening? No! Oh! Jerry Maguire's like, what if we got married? Would you stay? Because <laughs> he can't be alone. Yeah. Which they don't explore. No. He's like, let's get married. We're getting married. Let's get married. They married! can't. Married! They get married. And it's super awkward.
1: Yeah, because they didn't like have like a talk
0: about like their feelings for one another or how it was going to work. No, it was like, I overheard that you love me. Um, I really want to hang out with your kid let's just get married so you don't have to leave yeah they're watching the wedding video later on and you could like she sees his hesitation and she knows like something is up yeah but she's gonna stay in it she's committed now but they have an awkward
1: moment together and Cuba's like you didn't talk to her did you
0: yeah 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 yeah. at this football game where Kuba's like worried about getting an injury and and he's also like you're not going home Jerry Maguire and Jerry's like no I'm not going home I don't want to be around these people that I am now permanently attached to yeah so like yeah Kuba's like why did you get married and like Jerry Maguire has like no good reason
1: yeah no he's like
0: because because she because oh, cause she, she was loyal was loyal like what does that even mean yeah Rogers like, laughs at him, like, okay, bye. And then Jerry yells at him. So they get in this huge fight. Like, he digs into him, like, oh, yeah? Well, you have an attitude problem. That's why you're not making a million billion dollars. Yeah. You don't play with your heart. Play with your head. Yeah. But you don't play with your heart, Jerry Maguire. There's too many themes, man. There's just too many things wrong with this movie. So then there's this montage... Rod's playing well, and Jerry's staying away from home, you know, and Renee Zellweger's looking pensive. It's a montage. Yeah. Then we have a double date between the two couples, and Jerry, because Rod and uh, Marcy are smooching, Jerry's like, this is what couples do, right? It's exactly like with Tom Cruise when he was, like, out with... Uh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes was like, this is what normal human couples do. It was like that. Yeah.
1: It's like, I'm going to now caress your face Mm -hmm. so pleasantly. I love you, (laughs) Renee. I mean, Dorothy. Dorothy. (laughs) Dorothy. (laughs) Baby. 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 Baby.
0: Baby. Baby. Marcy has a baby. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, they're like kissing and she's just like, oh, baby. And then she's like, baby. And then Cuba's like, oh, yeah, baby baby
0: and then she's like no shit baby <laughs> I'm like we gotta go yeah so then later that night dorothy is in bed with jerry and she's just like oh wasn't that amazing that whole miracle of life thing hey why do you love me <laughs> yeah and he's like why do you love me and uh it's because of ray so then dorothy has a talk where she goes it's all my fault i manipulated you with a child it's like wait what Yeah, she's like, we made a mistake, and it's my fault, so we'll take a break. Go on your business trip. You don't love me. And then he's got to do that crying crying goodbye to Ray.
1: Yeah, which was creepy. Creepy, especially when he stops to talk to the fish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, fish,
1: you're my only friend. (laughs) It's like, it was not a memo. It was a mission statement, like what? Why did you tell that to the fish? <laughs> right when you're trying, like, you're over this sleeping <laughs> child. Like, Wait, did this actually happen? Yes! <laughs> yes, his, like, final words in that scene. He turns over to the fish before they do the close-up of the fish. He was just like, it was a mission statement, not a memo. <laughs> and then it's like, then it cuts to the close-up of the fish. So it's it's like, just like, like,
0: I'm gonna <laughs> die in a week. <laughs> fish is a metaphor for their love. It is a metaphor for their love. So Rod, he's playing for the Cardinals, and they are this close to making the playoffs or something to the Super Bowl. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't understand any of the football things. I don't either. But I know they're playing the the Cowboys, who are in the Super Bowl already. Like, they're going to go to this. I don't know. Anyway, they're playing, and this is where Rod gets hit hard. He gets flipped over and gets hit on his spine. Yes. Spine hit ground. Player on top of him. Yes. Spine goes snappy snap. Yeah. Jerry calls Marcy. Rod's unconscious. This whole thing with Marcy watching it on TV was terrifying. Oh, my God. I loved her
1: performance. Mm -hmm. Like She was very real. And especially when his brother was being a
0: huge dick, Aries Spears is TP. So this whole thing with the family watching and little son watching on TV as, as Rod is lying unconscious on the field for several minutes. He's down for a long time and he's not moving. Yeah. And Jerry's running there so he can be by the field and he calls up Marcy, just being like, "He's okay. He's unconscious."
1: The best doctors in the world are clapping in his face instead of getting <laughs> smelling salts. And nobody's getting a neck brace or a stretcher. Nobody's doing anything that would be done. Right.
0: So then he gets up and dances this Paula Abdul dance. Yeah. Rod, who has a serious injury for serious, like we said, should be dead. <laughs> yeah. But now he's super famous. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the game, yeah, he wins the game, whatever. I don't know. They're going to they get re- into
1: the playoffs or they get into the Super Bowl. They get into some big sporting
0: event. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so he hugs Jerry Maguire. They have super. They hugs. have a passionate hug. Everybody's crying. They love they each They have other. a more passionate hug than him and Renee Zellweger had of a passionate yeah.
1: kiss. Yeah. And Sugar is standing there, and he's got one of his players, and he's uh, the player is like, why don't we have a relationship like that? And he goes to hug him, and he's
0: like, no, bro, Back the fuck up. You get, like, I like the, the shot setup of this scene, where Jerry's just, like, standing by the back wall, and he's just like, you, you're in the spotlight. Yeah. I'm just back here all by myself. Yeah. Where he gets to be alone, quote unquote. But he's not. He's not. So, Jerry runs through the airport. Renee has joined her, the divorce, good thing there's a divorce support group that holds monthly meetings. Weekly meetings. Weekly meetings in her, in her sister's house because she is now, you know, a, a member of being a divorcee. Yeah. Not officially, but.
1: Which, did Jerry move into their house? I have no idea. When I... they got married? I feel like they did. I don't. I feel like there was a separate house. Well, that was his apartment, and then his apartment never is shown again after they're married.
0: I don't re- no, I don't remember seeing... I don't know where he lived when they were married because he was never home. Well, they they have that bedroom scene, and it was in uh, his her
1: sister's house. I'm mm-hmm. like 90% sure that they move into his sister's house because then there's in the backyard scene where they're like... Well, he was it's broke. Like, yeah. It's all my fault. So it's like he got rid of his fancy apartment and moved into their he's using the freeloader
0: oh my god so okay yeah we have she's joined the, the divorce group and she's like i know you're saying men are the enemy but i love the enemy
1: yeah it's like wait what What the fu- that's not what they're saying at all they're saying that women should at least in the scenes that we have seen they're they never actually talk about men being the enemy it was just Women need to support one another better. Yeah. Not be so jealous or not uh, perpetuate stereotypes of jealousy. Like, what are you talking about?
0: I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay. So Jerry comes in. He does the hello. I'm looking for my wife. Our project had a big night tonight, but it wasn't complete. Because I
1: couldn't share it with I you. share it with you. You complete me. He says that so weird, too.
0: And you you had me at hello. Hello. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Rod gets to be on the crying show. He gets his contract. And Ray can throw a ball. The end. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was pretty much the end. (laughs) It lasted for forever. It lasted so
0: long, the ending of this movie. The whole movie, that's why I'm like, I don't understand anything about what's happening. Not just the sports ball, but like any grain of human emotion. Nothing made sense. Cameron Crow, do you experience emotions the same way as the other humans do? Please come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to cap off this podcast, Ashley and I are going to do a dramatic reading. Of the two women in this movie. <laughs> right, we were going to do... Nah, show me the money but i don't want to it's too long <laughs> too long so um i'll be dorothy and ashley will be laurel i'm gonna be bonnie hunt bitches <laughs> <laughs> he's coming over tonight he just lost his best client i invited the guy over dorothy
1: this is not a guy it's a syndrome early midlife hanging on to the bottom rung Dear God, don't let me be alone, or I call my newly long-suffering assistant without medical for company settlement. If at now all you still want is him to come over, I'm not saying anything.
0: Honey, he's engaged.
1: Uh-huh. I see I see your face, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. I see it. Mm-hmm. We all see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not okay. Mm-mm. Not okay. I added in her inner monologue.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scene. Scene. So, um, now I guess we rate this movie. <laughs> After we finished talking about how horrible it is. Do you have any more thoughts on Jerry Maguire? No. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: I really do want to know if what Cameron Crowe was thinking, though. That
0: is my main thought throughout all of this. I know why I've been avoiding this movie for 20 years now. Go first, then. I give this movie one box of Apple Jacks. That's a good one. I forgot about that. I did not like it. All right. I'm giving this
1: movie two Jonathan Lipnickies. Two? Two. Uh, Bonnie Hunt gets her whole entire own star. Wow. No, I loved her. Yeah. Like, if the movie would have been, if she would have been in it a lot more, I probably would have given it two more stars.
0: Wow. Because
1: of how great of a character she was. Everyone else can go suck it. They can go share their own little star. She gets a star. Wow. That's my reasoning. But Jonathan Lipnicki was also adorable, so that's why he gets his own category.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, I'm not having this.
1: Oh, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But I love, like, the pieces that I loved, I really did
0: love. Mm -hmm. Next week, we are flashing back to the 80s. 80s? get your neon and crimper yep and your glitter scrunchies yep we're watching 1981's modern romance interesting it's on netflix streaming it's uh probably going to be really awful okay but positive reviews here (laughs) positively (laughs) negative reviews But it is about a film editor. Oh, nice. Now we have to watch it. We have to watch it. Yep. Today's podcast was funded by you. Yeah. You. Brought to you by the letter U. No. Our patrons on patreon.com. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all you do. If you would like to... Support us on Patreon and get goodies from us. You can go to patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Yep, do it. As always, you can listen and download all of our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and any podcatcher of your choice and recommend us to your friends. That's Please. Yeah, that's how... People will know us. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. (laughs) Uh, Let us know what you think about how we're doing on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Get the Insta ready. At Cutaways Podcast. That's where you can find us. That is where, indeed. That is our handle on life. (laughs) But we're not handling life very well. Apparently not, no. We're sorry you had to possibly rewatch Jerry Maguire. Hopefully
1: you didn't. You just wanted to listen to us bitch
0: about it, because that's normally always fun for me. So take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of your fish. Your dog. (laughs) Of your your pet fish. Your pet fish.
1: Yes, do not let your... Do not swish that fish around in a plastic bag. Please, that is torture.
0: Do not let Tom Cruise near your fish. Or your
1: person in
0: general (laughs) because he might flip
1: out (laughs) we'll see you next week everyone bye